Dan, so glad we were able to meet today. Thanks for coming over. Whoa, what's that? Pretty awesome, right? It's my new FlexiSpot E7 Pro Plus standing desk. Goes from sitting to standing with the push of a button. You know, I've been thinking about getting a desk like that. I have back pain from being in a chair all day, but I feel like they're either cheap and flimsy or crazy expensive. That's why I went with FlexiSpot. This desk is super sturdy, but totally affordable. The base is made of automotive grade carbon steel. Sit on it. Okay. Hey, this is cool. All right, I want in on one of these. Where do I find FlexiSpot? Just go to their website, FlexiSpot.com. And go right now because they're giving an extra $80 off their already low prices. Go to FlexiSpot.com and use code 80OFF to get an extra $80 off the E7 Pro Plus standing desk. Backed by an industry-leading 15-year warranty. Don't wait. This special offer will not last long. Go to FlexiSpot.com and use code 80OFF. That's F-L-E-X-I-S-P-O-T.com. Go to FlexiSpot.com now. What would you say this podcast is about? Like, summarize it. Young pros talking? Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's I, that, it? That's, that's, your, that's the summary. That's your, that's your summary? I feel like it's in the name. I agree. Yeah. I But I get asked You're about talking the, to young professionals who are doing something, you know, other than the traditional nine to five type thing, I think, and trying to offer people a perspective into that would be my... I don't know if you have keep the same going. vision. It's your No, no, I like to keep <laughs> going. Don't stop. Please, please keep going. Oh, I thought I was done. No, 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 no. Okay. You're never done when you... When I can finally hear myself. Yeah, I can hear yeah. you very well yeah, now, too. It's all of a sudden, too. In HD now. <laughs> yeah, it it's like HD song. Before was the standard definition. <laughs> yeah. Right, y'all HD. Yeah. yeah. I would say that is, that is a pretty accurate. It's to create... Is, um, does the not nine to five thing apply though? I wasn't sure if that. So you can be. So I, I guess the whole concept was not to exclude people in the corporate world, but to include people who aren't in the corporate world. Fair. You know, because there's a large, I feel, an underappreciation for people that do things that aren't the glorified professions: lawyer, sure, um, finance people. And I even told myself when I first started, I won't have finance people on mm-hmm. unless there's a different perspective, like. Oh, you can give me a history of economics and how money first started. That would be interesting. But to right. talk about money and investing, you can find a million podcasts about that. Right. Um, real estate is another one. I was like, don't want to talk about that. Life coaching mainly because I hate those guys. And <laughs> um, there was something else I said I wouldn't talk about. But those were the few things that I was like, everybody talks about that. And well, what's wrong with life coaching? Um. I feel like it's fake, man. Ah, okay, fair enough. Sometimes people need the encouragement. You know what I learned? You know what I learned? I feel like it works for certain people, but you know what yeah. I learned, which was interesting? Apparently, forty percent of life coaches' clients are other life coaches. Oh, really? It's yeah. like a pyramid scheme. Pretty much. Hmm. Pretty much. So, I mean, like, do you feel like you need a life coach in your life to motivate you to do the things you want to do? No, but like a lot of people lack the internal motivation, right? I agree so if with you that. do I and agree you with have that. the money, I'd but rather you spend the money on that than like materialism, I feel. I personally. feel like there are free ways to do that though. Like think about I, I tell you for me It's like it's like diets too, right? Like it just depends on the person. Like not there's no one stop solution, I think. No, I agree, but I feel like if I wanted a life coach, I would probably just go see a therapist first. That's a kind of life coach, right? Yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah, but that person is like a life coach uh, might be cheaper. Yeah. Life coach would definitely be cheaper. But you think I feel so? Like Doesn't the government pay for therapy? Uh, well, if you have benefits, like my benefits yeah. would pay for it, but it only right. pays up to so much money, right? Right. But, I mean, I feel like a life coach or a therapist or a psychologist is, is I feel like there's not a money grab. You know what I mean? Like, I guess. Fair. 
you know, and plus you're not paying seven hundred dollars for like a session and training and da 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 da. You go, you talk about your real issues with somebody who's professionally trained to help you with get through your issues, and you keep going. Fair. Life coaches aren't really professionally trained right. to guide you through whatever shit you're going through. You know? Fair. I mean, the training's less extensive. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, like, I mean, I was in a networking group. There was a life coach. I mean, a lovely, lovely person. Mm-hmm. I don't know how evidence-based that stuff is. Yeah. And I, I'm sure, and, I, and I'm not, like, I'm not in a position to debate whether it is or isn't. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people who've had success stories with it. And maybe some people who haven't, but that go, what, that goes for just about anyone. That's true. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, when you, when you break it down to that, I That's mean, it's what it is, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess so we're gonna get started. again for co-hosting duties hopefully permanently i'm not 100 sure we'll have to talk about that off the air apparently uh harris nadine hello everybody how's it going man it's going good man good good and our special guest very excellent dietitian here in toronto locally downtown mr andy desantis how's it going good man thanks for having me thank you for Welcome coming to the podcast yeah yeah thank you for having thank you for having me Thank you for coming. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to repeat the things I hear for some reason. Yeah. So uh, we could just get started, man. Just start off with my favorite, you know, icebreaker question. Just tell everybody about yourself. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, most important things you need to know about me. I mean, obviously, I'm a dietitian. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a, a private practice young in Davisville. I mean, that's the business side, the personal side. I love soccer. I love mm-hmm. kale. I mean, those yeah. are the two most important things you need to know about me. I if if a day goes by when I don't watch soccer, I don't check soccer news, I don't eat kale. There's no such no such day in my life. So yeah, I know I talked about this briefly with you, but why is kale your your favorite food? Yeah, do you love it because <laughs> of its health benefits, or do you actually enjoy right. the various tastes of kale? Like, can you cook cook it in a various tastes? Yeah. How many tastes right. does I, kale I, have? There must be like if he enjoys it that much. Right? No, I I, I eat. To be perfectly honest, I, I eat kale raw, completely okay. raw. Wow. Um, I usually chop kale, and I like it. I truly, genuinely like it. Okay. So, I mean, you know, I wouldn't eat something every day that I hated. And mm-hmm. I like it as much as it likes to help me with my mm-hmm. health. Let's put it that way. Fair. Mm-hmm. So, we, uh, it's a symbiotic uh, symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I see <laughs> those. Uh, you had some kale um, candy canes. I yeah, mean, uh, I got was... kale candy canes. It was a gift. <laughs> a wonderful gift <laughs> from my girlfriend's uh, mother, actually. So yeah, I seen this kale, um, and I, I like, I can understand like my favorite vegetable, not my favorite food, but no. favorite vegetable is broccoli. Like I, I can eat, that. I eat broccoli every meal, and I feel like broccoli huh? is easy, right? So like I'll go down when I'm at work, I'll go down to the grocery store because it's in the same building, and if I need some vegetables for lunch, I'll just go grab a crown of broccoli and then I'll just chop it up. And put it in the microwave for like a couple of minutes, and then that's my greens for the day. Probably I won't lie. Yeah. This is probably the only greens I'm eating because I'm not eating 
vegetables do you do you eat kale would you eat it in the morning for like a breakfast or i eat with dinner and that's a great strategy you got by the way that's that's awesome that's what works that works for you beautiful yeah that does that I, it's i mean i prefer to have it something prepared i don't always want to eat broccoli but i feel like broccoli if i need greens in a pinch easily at work yeah. to make sure i get some i go down to um to the store and just grab some really quickly yeah i like yeah. that so I know this is probably a very simple question, but I think sometimes people need a like definition of what this is. But what yeah. is a dietitian? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it, 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 in some ways it's like different things to different people, but for the most part, you know, dietitian helps navigate you in the world of, of food and nutrition and and supplements. You know what I mean? You come to a dietitian presumably with because you need some help. Like you want to know what it means to you to eat well. You want to feel your best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and you want to do what you can with food on your, and how you eat to achieve that. And a dietitian can help guide you. And, of course, there's tons of nuance and, and different facets within that. But for the most part, we just talk about talk about you and we talk about food and we talk about how you and food mm-hmm. interact. It's trying to create right. a healthy relationship with people and, and food. That's definitely a big part of it. Yeah, because I know it's very hard. You know, we, we did just have some chicken sandwiches. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was we did. <laughs> rather not right was, away. Yeah. Well, that was that was me. That was my fault. I really I don't have that's my cheat meal mm-hmm. for the week because I've been trying to eat very healthy, and it's right. been you know what I have to say this week, I made some slight changes and I have to say I feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know I feel like I am getting some results with my change in the diet and and working out more and and I I feel good even though although I'm a basic cook, mm-hmm. you know. Like, I really will put some salt and pepper on some fish, though, in the oven, and then that's it. I'm not making any gourmet right? Gourmet meals. It makes you happy. Yeah, yeah that's it, what counts. You know, it I'm actually sure we'll does not make right. me happy. I wish I could make some gourmet meals. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So you're you're in that situation. See, that would make me happy, but, yeah, I get it. <laughs> gourmet is always better. I, even in the office, I was like, yeah, I usually don't use, like, onions and garlic to cook and they were like what universe do you live in uh-huh. where you can't even <laughs> use so why, how do you go around calling yourself a good cook if all you use is the oven did i say that did i say i was a good cook uh, i feel oh. like you've told me before you were good yeah off like, air off yeah. air off air yeah. okay like, i just want to clarify well, he was like, like <laughs> i'm good but basic off the record, yeah. off yeah. The record. <laughs> i am a good cook like if so i have to yeah. <laughs> okay caught you that was easy that was so easy all right, I, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am a good cook. Like, I can cook if I want to prepare. You know what it is? It's me and, first of all, it's time right. and preparation. Like, I really yeah. don't want to chop up some onion, chop up some garlic, yeah, whatever else, and put it, it in the... So, in your experience in working with people, do you find that that is often one of the problems that people have is the time and preparation aspect of meal? Yeah, I mean... That's you know for some people that's a big barrier, mm-hmm. right? Time, um, motivation to cook, um, skills required, mm-hmm. all those three. But some people have all of the skills and all the knowledge, and they don't put it to action. Everyone's different, you know what I mean? But you're you're absolutely right. I mean, like the time thing is huge because you you know you know how life is. It's like unless you want unless you're living with robotic efficiency, mm-hmm. it can be right. hard. It can be hard to always prepare a, a solid meal, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with all these ingredients and all yeah, that. Yeah. Do you ever work with clients if they? don't have the time to cook their meals and the options they have available to them to like have healthy meals or whatever they need to do whatever they're trying to do to accomplish their goals yeah i mean you know you work with someone with where they're at and we do the best that we can with where you're at i mean you know Mm -hmm. someone i don't someone come into my office and they eat breakfast lunch and dinner out i'm not going to expect they're going to start cooking breakfast lunch and dinner if that's what they want to do 
beautiful. But I'm, that's mm. not my. That's not a reasonable expectation right, right. then and there. Right. So right. you work with people with where they're at. You know what I mean? And 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 with what they're willing to change and baby steps. You know, small mm. changes take you can take you places when it comes to food mm-hmm. and just about anything else in life, realistically <coughs> as well. I mean, yeah. So um, another basic question, and I know it's, it's it's basic, but I feel like it's just to help clarify yeah, what yeah. things mean, right? A lot of people have an idea. A lot of people think a diet is something you do to just accomplish a particular end goal and that's that's true as yeah. well but like what is a diet like is is it is it that or right. is it uh, the way you eat or is it how you eat stuff what you're eating things like that right i mean honestly at this point like i don't even use the word diet because mm-hmm. of the negative associations i right. prefer actually to co- to refer to it more like a dietary pattern so like mm-hmm. a dietary pattern is what you do in some over the course of weeks and months, the different characteristics of what you do. Like diet, obviously, we know at this point, diet usually is like used in reference to something Mm short-term, usually something that involves omission of like foods that you like. Mm -hmm. Nothing that I'm really doing. I'm much more concerned with someone's dietary pattern and the Mm -hmm. sum of what they're doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you, the way I see it, like you achieve health by checking certain boxes, not by not doing something. You right, know what right. I mean? Because right. what you don't do doesn't really tell me that much about you. What right. you do do tells me much more, right. Right? right? So, you know, you could tell me, oh, Andy, I don't eat cookies. Okay, well, that doesn't tell me much. But if you tell mm. me, you know what, Andy, I try my best. I try to get broccoli when I can, get some fruit when I can. Okay, I'm seeing that your what your pattern looks like a little bit more. That's much more valuable to me. And so you're someone that's actually very knowledgeable about this, and your knowledge has only been growing over time. Like, how much have you found that your personal diet plan or diet right. regimen has changed over the years and like when you do change it is it like m- minor changes or do you like massive overall or like how does that work yeah um no that's a great question i mean 10 years ago so tofu lentils avocado 10 years ago i didn't eat any of that stuff now mm-hmm. those are massive parts of my diet and really? and you know funny enough i just wrote a pescatarian cookbook um yeah. last year okay mm-hmm. And na- and I am right now almost fully, you know, minus those chicken sandwiches <laughs> earlier. I'm, I am largely, I am largely pescatarian. Now that's perhaps partially from running the book, learning mm-hmm. more about the, but also that's just the direction I was trending to. Mm-hmm. So it right. was not a, r- I don't necessarily do big cha- big rapid changes. That's not in my character. Um, I, you know, I ease into things and mm-hmm. I, I became less and less interested and less and less intrigued and buy chicken and beef not that there's anything wrong with eating those things mm-hmm. i just got less intrigued by them and i started eating more fish and more lentils and more tofu mm-hmm. and i've just kind of like you know wait rolled into this new p- dietary pattern right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and believe me i've had a lot of chicken and beef in my life so yeah. don't get me wrong I, it's not you know no problem but right. that's where i'm at right now right i think that's kind of where i'm going to is the more pescatarian mm-hmm. diet Mainly just because fish has a lot more protein and smaller serving sizes that I'm learning. Because the other day I had um uh, was it basa? I think it was basa fish. Right. I cooked basa fish for for um for for lunch, and like one fillet was like 200 grams, and it's got like 30 grams or something of protein, and it's low. It's very low calorie. It was like 160 calories, which is hard to do, you know. But I have your cookbook. Um, I appreciate that. I have not. Yeah really used it yet it's okay you don't have to so say that what is <laughs> sorry what is the so the premise of the book is it's 
It's so a, pescatarian, and it's like, is it five ingredients? It's five easy um, step pescatarian, I think. Basically, that's the title, right? It's the easy, like, I can just re- just regurgitate the title. It's the easy five-ingredient pescatarian cookbook. Okay. I think that's what the title is. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, ba- yeah, it's basically, you know, the first part of the book gives you a little bit of a gentle scientific discussion mm-hmm. about the merits of pescatarianism why you know it may be worthwhile to eat more like a pescatarian which mm-hmm. is the real message it's not a, mm-hmm. a pescatarian conversion book mm-hmm. it's like if you're not a pescatarian here's why you should eat more like one and if you are here's why you can feel good about it yeah. and then the rest are just recipes that allow you to eat more like a pescatarian right and five ingredient well that's the theme of that of that particular book because obviously you brought it up earlier right yeah. cooking time simplicity yeah. Those and it's, are like, it's cooking, I think, for a lot of people is very intimidating because it's something that you have to do every day. And, like, you're never taught anything about it until, mm. well, never, really, until you have to do it. And right. It's almost like working. finance. Finance. Yeah. You know? It's, like it's not a bad comparison. Financial yeah. um, etiquette and, like, cooking. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, Some people are taught to cook. Some people are taught finances. But I feel like most people aren't taught either yeah and then they spend all their finances on, on and then food. you have to be an adult you have to take care of your life right take, take yeah. care of yourself and you're like oh i need to manage my finances and cook you mm-hmm. know like that's right. that's a lot of trouble for me right you know but next question for you though is uh when did you originally become interested in becoming like in nutrition in general like how did no. you go from this path of learning about nutrition wanted to learn more and then becoming a dietitian yeah um, super, super clear answer. I mean, when I was really not super healthy when I was uh, when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and in my younger years, I was um, you know I was I was really underweight. I didn't eat well, you know, uh, and 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 I took such a, it took me such a long time to learn, and, and and it's a journey I'm still on to learn what it meant to eat well. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and what really clicked for me is like there's I'm like there's no way people need to be going through four years all these phases I went through. I mean, there's got to be someone out there who can who can help you get through that in less than, mm-hmm. you know, <coughs> four years of self-exploration. Yeah. And that's the gap, basically the gap I try and fill for people. Right. Uh, did, yeah. Did you look for a dietitian for yourself going through that phase or did you? I didn't, you know, oh. I didn't. And it never even crossed my mind. But if I did and I found someone who resonated with me, it probably would have saved me a lot of uh, a lot of grief, you know, <laughs> but, you know. But isn't that grief the stuff that makes you who you are today? Because you must have learned a lot during that. 100%. 100%. Yeah. There's no question. That makes you who you are yeah. and uh, makes you appreciate things and gives you much more empathy uh, in terms of when you're relating to clients. Right. So you're 100% right. But if I could do it differently on some level, I probably would have saved myself a few years and got on a sharper path sooner. But you're right. Some lessons mm-hmm. with it comes to food, mm-hmm. you have to learn yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's a fair point. So for yourself, how long did it take you to decide on what was... I know you just talked about the dietary pattern of going to um, more pescatarian. Right. Um, how long did it take you to decide that, you know, this is probably the best type of diet for myself? Right. Well, I mean, like, like I said, I mean, I stuff like even like lentils and tofu, right, which facilitate you eating more like a pescatarian, less meat because mm-hmm. they're plant-based protein sources. Those are things that 10 years ago I didn't even eat. So... Mm-hmm. And let's say I've been a dietitian, I don't know how long has it been, eight years. And I wasn't oh. a, I wasn't pescatarian when I started. I literally mm. only started becoming one recently. So, you know, it's a long journey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. But I'm not saying pescatarian, also keep in mind, like I'm not saying that's the end point for everyone to right. get to, right. Yeah. right? You know, we can, that's that's not what, I, what I am saying though is like it. there's merit to eating more like one for anyone. 
Unless, right. of course, someone's a vegan or vegetarian and they're not eating fish at all. I respect that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for the general person, the omnivore who's had a lot of meat in their life, it's not a bad idea health-wise to consider trending in that direction. But that doesn't have to be the end point. That happens to be my journey, mm-hmm. my current point, and we'll see where I'm at in another 10 years. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Decade challenge. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as a dietitian, how do you um, filter all the misinformation people get about mm-hmm. diets? Yeah. And what's like you're talking about the pescatarian and it's just recent for you. And then, uh, and as you know, a lot of you'll hear a lot of people far one side, like vegan is the way to go. And yeah. the other side is like, no, eat meat, eat meat is the way to go. Like, how do you, you know, filter out the misinformation to provide people with the right information and fi- figuring out what works best for them? Well, I mean, you do what you can, obviously, if you're working with someone in the office setting. But this is the reason why I blog, right? When I see trends in people's understanding or misunderstanding of topics i generally will write about it mm-hmm. right in my blog mm-hmm. soy is a big one soy is a big topic of uh, misunderstanding you know veganism is another mm-hmm. one right so that's why i wrote a blog on the game changers documentary yeah. Yeah. you know the truth as it always does it lies somewhere in the middle but it's not always clear cut and and, and different people you know you can have you can achieve health as an omnivore, as a as a vegan, mm. you know, it's about there's certain key foods that mm-hmm. are generally associated with your best health. Mm-hmm. If you're eating those things, you have freedom in terms of like what classifications, quote unquote, of eater you are. You know what I mean? But there's certain key foods like vegetables are a great example. It's very hard to be at your best health without vegetables. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you mm-hmm. call yourself. You can call yourself whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But if you don't eat your vegetables, well, that's going to be tough. You know? All right. I had a question in my head. And so I'm those sorry. keto diet people then, are they <laughs> just surviving on like... Those keto diet people? That's right. how you're going to describe them? As yeah, those well, they're, they're, they diet? don't eat any vegetables, right? Essentially. No, they do. Or they do. They can yeah. eat vegetables. They, eat, they can eat a lot of vegetables from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's starchy vegetables that someone on the keto diet wouldn't eat because it was okay. basically a carbohydrate cap. But that's not to say they can't eat broccoli or kale. Right. Now, mm. the reality is the keto diet, right? There's many different ways someone could do a keto diet, mm-hmm. okay? No, you could eat uh, beef and cheese all day, or you could have salmon and kale and avocado all day, mm-hmm. and you would be doing the keto diet in both cases, essentially. Right. So those two things, those two styles of eating, those dietary patterns, that term I referred to earlier, right. couldn't be more different. Right. Sure, they, f- they could fall under the keto umbrella, right. but I'm much more concerned with the dietary pattern, not whatever name you want right. to give it, right? Fair. So you could see how those are both keto. But like, how could they? They're, they're, they couldn't be more different, right? So it's complicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that keto, makes sense. Keto, I did keto for a little while. Yeah. Um, and what it's all about it's it's net carbs, which is mm. carbs minus fiber, I believe. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So like, you basically, however many carbs you have, you subtract it by how many, how much fiber you had that day, which is kind of hard to, you know, because it's, it's kind of arbitrary to right. some degree and you want to get to like a net um carb amount of a like 20 i think something like that yeah i, I believe yeah it, the number varies you see it online 20 30 five percent of your total caloric intake in and around there mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. you know the you, you you could have a whole a whole conversation multi-part conversation on on, on the keto diet you know why yeah. people do it yeah. why it might be not a good idea why for some people maybe they swear by it and it's changed their life you know i don't i don't refute yeah. or, or belittle those claims either right um mm-hmm. i don't believe it's the most sustainable choice for most people yeah right, right? it's I, for myself and this is obviously anecdotal but for myself 
it wasn't sustainable. Well, right. what was it? What was unsustainable about it? Just the amount of carbs you could have. Like it just mm. was. But well, you couldn't real, have real. Right. <laughs> or, or you could, yeah, or you couldn't yeah. have. You know, like just None. The, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah. right. One banana. <laughs> that's it. Not done. even maybe half a banana. That's right. like too many carbs. That's like yeah. twenty carbs in a banana already, right? Yeah. So it was just that, like, and I, w- I honestly, I don't crave carbs that much, except for like potatoes like i love potatoes right. but like when i was on keto i craved carbs so much like chips and potatoes and and like anything bread even bread and i, I don't even like bread like, <laughs> right I, I hate bread with a passion but oh man that garlic bread in the store that's pre-packaged and just put in the microwave for a few right. minutes looks so good to me so for me it wasn't sustainable and right. I, I, I did also feel uncomfortable with the high amount of fat you're supposed to intake. You right. know, I, I'm not 100% sure about how much it was. I don't remember. But um, it wasn't something that I found myself. Have you ever, have you ever tried any... Uh, Keto diet? No. Like any diet, like any popular diet. Well, I tried to be vegetarian for that one <laughs> week after I watched the Game Changers. But yeah. other than that... No. And uh, see, that I would even call... See, I, I wouldn't even call vegetarian pescatarian diet. That's like a dietary pattern. Like, right. although I guess arguably you could actually, to be fair, being being a vegan or vegetarian, on some levels is is exclusive, almost to the same degree, kind of, not really, but kind of like a keto diet. Now, mm. like if you're being a devil's devil's advocate, approach, obviously mm. I don't believe them to be equivalent from that perspective. Mm. Right. But if someone was making the opposing argument, they could make that argument. But there's a lot of reasons yeah. why. Yeah. That wouldn't mean. hold, but you could. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh man, sorry. Uh, you're supposed to catch me when I say so. Um, sorry, you didn't I tell have, me that. I haven't even noticed. To sorry, be honest, so I I do this thing where I always before I'm about to ask a question, I say so. Um, and <laughs> they called me out on it <laughs> the right. last episode, and I still do it. So I've been conscious of it, right? But I, got I haven't you. been doing a great job, as he knows. So um, there you go. <laughs> I haven't noticed actually. To be now honest. I'm gonna notice. Yeah. I'm gonna notice the rest of the time. I'll call. I just you cut all of this off. I just call. You say it again. I'm leaving. <laughs> Take the headphones off. I'm done. I can't be associated with anything like that. <laughs> so uh, you talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know what? If that's like. And that's the worst thing. I feel like this it's must be good. like a comfort thing. Like a, um, there's probably some psychological explanation as to why. Someone yeah. would you're, do you're that. giving your brain time to catch up to, or your mouth time to catch up to your brain. I don't know. There One are people the who probably have PhD yeah. papers and research on why people do that, so yeah. don't feel bad. Yeah. Well, people do it a lot, right? Like, we use a lot of filler words, so, um, and like, I use them several times. Right. And I just don't know how not to. It's almost like it makes you feel very comfortable, yeah. you know, to get to the next point of whatever you're trying to do. You just yeah. got to make what you say next count. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Well, I'm hoping <laughs> this counts. It, it counts, but, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm a writer. I'm not a speaker. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. I do a little bit of speaking. But well, yeah. actually, so the writing, um, yeah. have you always been into writing? I can honestly say that I have since I've been a teenager. I've always kind of fancied myself. Like I'm actually not, a super confident person funny like for take that for whatever but i've always like known that I'm, i've been a good writer right and so i i was fortunate enough when i was a teenager to kind of nab a couple of part-time gigs writing for mm-hmm. a couple of free magazines and uh it was natural for me there you go i just said and uh there you go right <laughs> <Some fillers. laughs> and i uh um ended up just carrying that into blogging and with a little bit of uh, a little bit of hard work a little bit of luck landed a few book deals and yeah. uh you know keep the party going from there and i love writing i'm truly passionate about writing that's nice yeah nice. You know? i was actually about to ask you about your your books because we talked about the five 
easy ingredient yeah, Presbyterian yeah, yeah. diet, something like that. Something like, something like that. And I meant to gra- grab the book and bring it with me before I, I got here, but I was in a rush. Oh, good. Um, and in Oshawa. And and in Oshawa. Yeah. So. Yeah, you might find it in a bookstore there. Probably, <laughs> yeah. probably not. <laughs> I don't even know where the bookstore is. No, there was a chapter in they the got closet somewhere. In yeah. Yeah. But um, how did you come about about that opportunity? Because I know you published two books, correct? I got no. two two for now. And Couple, more, more, more coming. Nice. I, yeah, more coming. You'll see soon. So, how did you come to that opportunity to even get a book published? Like, yeah, that's a good question, and it's a good. I think it's a good thing for anyone out there who's a passionate writer to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, well, my, my philosophy was this: I'm gonna put the work in, I'm gonna publish content, and I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed. And maybe that's not the best approach. I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed that if I keep putting out good content, someone's gonna notice, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get my opportunities. That was my plan, and that's pretty much how it played out. I was a regular blog writer. And then a publisher reached out to me. They said, oh, okay, hey, I've seen your blogs. We like your work. Uh, do you want to uh, write this book? And they had a book for me. Wow. You know what? I said, yeah, that's wow. my basically my dream. And that was it. It was just that straightforward. I mean, just minus the uh, years of toiling beforehand writing <laughs> blogs. You know, there may be a more efficient path. But then mm-hmm. the day, like, if you're a writer and, yeah. and, you, and you presume to be a writer and you want to get gigs writing, you have to have a portfolio of some kind. you got to show your competence because mm-hmm. everyone sure wants to be a journalist or a writer. Yeah. you got to have a platform, mm-hmm. I believe, where you have your work showing so people who are interested parties can see what you're about, mm-hmm. you know? So did you bl- so you were always doing your own blog or you were r- ghost blogging for other people as well or so I had my own blog and I would write for anyone who would take my work. Mm-hmm. So I would reach out to f- these online health magazines and I was writing for free, right? I was writing for free, a lot, a lot of free articles, just whatever I could to get my name in places. So, I mean, Impact Magazine is a Canadian health magazine I was in. Um, if you want to know a funny story, um, there's I'll an always. Love to, yeah, it's I'll not always. that funny, but it's like, it's, it's kind of one of those full circle ones. So when I was starting out, there was a magazine out of BC, okay? By the way, I, lo- I love them because I've written for them a lot now. A live magazine, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. I reached out to them when I first started, and I pitched them some ideas, and they rejected me when I first started because I was not really any anyone to take note of, and I'm not saying I am now. But a couple of years later, they had a new editor, saw me online, and she reached out to me. I said, oh, and her, her name is uh, Tracy, a lovely, lovely lady, and I've written multiple articles for her. I said, oh, hey, yeah, I'd love to write for you guys. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I tried and didn't work out. So this is this is nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, she found that hilarious. And if she happens to listen to this, I'm sure she'll find it funny. So uh, yeah, for anyone out there, you know, great lesson for for young people. You know, if you first you uh, you know get rejected, yeah. you, know, you never try, know try, try where you're gonna end up. Yeah. You gotta have faith in what you do. You gotta be humble. Absolutely. Have faith in your ability and just do the work. Right. Yeah. Those right. are three things I generally. And I love your myself. writing. By the yeah, way, I thanks, think it's man. a lot of fun. You know, I read the one about the game changer, and there was a couple of ones, a couple of other ones. I can't remember the oh, title. There's a lot of them on there. Don't worry. Yeah, and <laughs> you're, you're very consistent, which I thought is was very impressive. You know, because you, you how do you come across the things you want to write about? Yeah, I, I wrote a blog on my sources of writing inspiration. Now, fun, now I wonder, what did I write on that blog? Uh, <laughs> my clients, honestly, are probably my number one inspiration because mm. if they are bring, if I notice a trend, Mm-hmm. And their understanding or their curiosity in a topic, then f- I can fair enough, fairly enough extrapolate that to the general public. Mm-hmm. And usually that works well, mm-hmm. right? So when I see clients constantly coming in with concerns about a topic, I will generally ground that topic. Another way I do it, you know, I type in Amazon <coughs> top selling supplements. I go online. Okay, mm-hmm. what are the top selling supplements on Amazon? That means I know the public wants to know about those supplements. I'll write about them in that case. So those are, those are two strategies I've used previously. 
And sometimes I just write about stuff that's, that I'm interested in. Like, I like int- I'm, I'm into intermittent fasting, okay? Right. It's something I like to dabble in, something that interests me for a variety of reasons. And uh, I researched it. So I've written mer- numerous blogs on fasting because it's mm-hmm. a topic of interest to me. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are into it as well. They're interested mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those hot kind of pop topics. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, so you said you're a casual intermittent faster? Or at least that's the impression that I got from your blog is that you kind of fall into it based on your habits yeah i think that's a fair uh, that's a fair a fair assessment or like what or even like what i say an intuitive intermittent faster which means if i wanted to i could go 20 22 hours without eating and then eat a big meal i'll be perfectly happy but i also don't turn my life upside down to accommodate some arbitrary window of eating right right Mm -hmm. so i use it it's a tool for me that sometimes i use it and i do enjoy eating large meals like this is this is forget the science the metabolic effects purely practicality sometimes i like to get my hunger up to a certain level where i can mm. eat a large meal because i don't enjoy eating small amounts of food that's mm. what and i do that because that's what makes me happy not because i'm trying to i don't do everything out of optimization right i'm not right. Like a robot i'm just like just a yeah. person so my happiness is like and, yeah. and my you know i struggle with that a lot too really? it's like trying to be a robot in how you struggle I with trying to be a robot yeah because like <laughs> i mean you know you want to do a good job so you like set these deadlines and you think like okay if i fall short of these at all i should be upset so you like i try to be more robotic than i guess right but this is I like just happiness needs to be more of a component of how you eat as well and you have I to think look forward would, to what you eat that's yeah. a big big thing for me with myself and my clients you have to look forward to what you eat Either eating and food no matter how you approach it should improve your quality of life that's yeah. what right. that's what and you're supposed to do i um i'm on this own personal journey of mine right, right. now i've had no sugar all of January. Right. Well, That's not true. I had a coffee. You had ketchup morning. right now. I didn't have ketchup. Oh, uh, sorry. I did have the. Well, what do you mean by sugar? Let me let me let me grill so, you a bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> like uh, you know. So I haven't had any like desserts. Okay, I haven't so had any. Right? I haven't had any cookies. You had fruit. I've had fruit. Sorry. Right. So you've I had sugar. Clever. I have had fine, sugar, which I totally support. By the way, fruit's yeah. good. You should right. eat fruit. I, I've Concern had me if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I've had sugar from fruit. But I haven't had sugar from like cho- outside of like dark chocolate, which is okay, very low sugar content. But like uh, I haven't had sugar from like desserts and um, refined the, sugars, refined sugars. Except sugars. for today, I did have coffee because I was up early, and I can right. only I can only drink coffee because I hate it with sugar and like almond milk. But to go back now, that I think about it, there's something you said about soy. Um, what are some of the misconceptions about soy? Because my, cons- m- for me, I've heard that like, oh, soy is bad for men because it increases estrogen. It's high in estrogen or something right. like that. Right. That's one of the big ones, right? So yeah. it's for men. Men are concerned that it's going to reduce their testosterone level or, or you know, the idea of like kind of the man boob type of thing. Like mm-hmm. you hear that sometimes. That's a, that's a big one. That's the biggest misconception for females. Females are generally concerned uh, about breast cancer. That it's mm. going to increase their breast cancer risk. Mm. So those are the two. Those are the two primary concerns. And um, the reality is, that the evidence is there's no evidence to suggest that having soy. In fact, like people who have more soy, because again, soy has antioxidants, mm. fiber, vitamins, minerals. It helps you eat less meat because it's a protein alternative. Mm. So generally, when people eat more soy, they tend to have better health outcomes mm. overall. Right. Of course, there's a whole lot of extra detail to that, yeah. right? You can have a whole... People can go back and forth about soy until, uh, until, until so the cows come home. Is no this, pun intended. Is this, <laughs> right? is this soy like soybeans or like even the processed stuff like soy milk and like tofu and all of those things that are like 
processed products of soy? Like, is this a, does it applies to them as well, or just the soybean? Right. Well, usually when you when you do these studies, right, like they look at total intake of soy containing mm. foods, right? Ah, so they're okay. not gonna. There's uh, now I'm not I'm not intimately familiar with all of the methodology, but generally if they look at soy intake, they're gonna look at soy intake across all the soy containing foods. Mm. But from what I from what I've seen, there's it's not worth worrying about whether it's tofu. Mm or whether mm-hmm. it's soy milk or whether it's just the intact soybean. Mm-hmm. You know okay. what I mean? Now, some people are purists. They like the idea of having whole unprocessed foods. And there might be someone who's intimately, intimately engaged with the soy research that may say something to the contrary to that. And if you have them on the podcast, cool. Maybe they'll teach you <laughs> a little more. But and as far as I'm concerned, it's not worth analyzing. Soy helps you to eat less animal protein. And generally, that's a good thing. So are there some things that like soy protein um has that is very nutritious that like maybe meat protein won't have and vice versa it's a good question well i mean first of all let's use okay so soy is a legume okay Mm -hmm. soybeans are legumes Mm -hmm. legumes as compared to meat have a ton of fiber Mm -hmm. okay meat Mm -hmm. meat doesn't have fiber none at all like no fiber in meat unless it's with like a whole grain bun or something you know oh. what I mean? <laughs> well, I was hoping that there was fiber yeah. in meat for some reason. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, no fiber in meat, right? So that's a big one. Um, the antioxidant uh, levels, right? So we know antioxidants are these these compounds found in, in, in certain types of plant-based foods and, and, and other foods as well that are generally promote good health. They have like a beneficial uh, biochemical functions in the body, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. High in legumes, not so not so present in meat. Right. Mm-hmm. So right there, those are two big, two big differences. Then on top of that, you look at, you know, saturated fat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So saturated fat is, it comes from animal products. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's the fat that's primarily found in most animal products. Fish obviously have a different type of fat. Mm-hmm. Primarily they have more omega threes. Mm-hmm. They do have saturated fat as well. Saturated fat we know to be associated with not really great heart health, increased cholesterol mm-hmm. levels. Okay. Saturated fat levels, um, from from soy legumes, zero to minimum. Okay, very little. Mm. Okay, so what, some processed products may have some. What are the good fats? Because I feel like I always get confused. Is it is it trans fat? Is it unsaturated fat that's good? Like what? Which fats are the good fats? Yeah. Okay. So basically, I mean, trans fats are the ones that are are essentially banned. So those are the worst ones. Oh, those okay, come okay. from like uh, hydrogenated oil and and, okay. and things like that. Those are are, are essentially like outcast. The quote-unquote good fats, right? So omega-3s are a good example, right? That's what's found in fish, right? Mm-hmm. It has anti-inflammatory capabilities. Um, it's considered an essential fatty acid, which we can't, our bodies can't make it. So we need to get it from food. It's found in fish and flaxseed and walnuts and um, in, in some eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, then, there's, then there's other type of fat called monounsaturated fat, okay? Uh-huh. That's found in stuff like almonds, tree nuts, um, olive oil and that fat we know to be good for our heart as well because that fat is shown to lower cholesterol uh, mm-hmm. lower blood cholesterol which again high blood cholesterol or not again for the first time I'm saying it but high blood cholesterol can increase the risk uh, of heart disease or it's a risk factor anyway for heart disease so yeah, it's good fats come from these foods that you know we generally know to be good for us so it's not so much that it's the food f- comes first because the food contains the fat and a lot of other stuff Mm-hmm. Right, okay. so almonds, for example, have fiber, yeah. antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, and monounsaturated fat. Yeah. So it's not just that, right? That's a key part, but it's not just that. Right. I'm really happy you explained that. 
because I've been so confused. Like, which one is the bad one? Which one is right. the good one? Because there's a trans fat. And is there unsaturated fat, or did I just make that up? Well, unsaturated fat actually refers to the mono mono unsa- there's ah, different levels of so there's okay. mono unsaturated fats which we and there's polyunsaturated fats which is the omega 3s yeah, so it's, okay. it gets more complicated but you don't need to break it down that level but yeah uns- unsaturated fat or literally as it sounds not the saturated fats the yeah. other everything else yeah wow right. i'm so happy you're here man so Just th- so what level of basic education do you think people should have oh, that's a great for them question. to approach life you know, somewhat meaningfully and mindfully with regards to what they eat. Because, like, you know, all this stuff is always changing. Yeah. And, like, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, the typical person doesn't even need to know all this stuff. So what are some of the basics that would help someone, you know, like be us. more mindful about what they choose it's, to eat? It's honestly, that's an incredibly hard question to answer. Because Fair. what I would be inclined to say is find someone, a professional who resonates with you, who you can, who you feel like you can trust. But then again, that's very hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like that's easy for me to say, but there's a lot of people who go down kind of the garden path, celery juice, all this other other nonsense, right? Uh-huh. Um, and and there's nothing. <laughs> look, if, if people like celery juice, by the way, it's 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 not gonna harm you. I don't think it has the benefits like, attributed to it. It's technically just like dirty water, right? I, <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone who likes celery juice, and there's no problem. But don't again, worry, I'll take good. the heat. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's just dirty water. It's just dirty. Celery. It's fibrous too, is not. Yeah. There's, no, but, there's stuff in there. But yeah. celery. But right? doesn't yeah. juicing vegetables and fruits actually diminish the nutritious content uh, presented in that particular vegetable or fruit? So, it's 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 not necessarily a straightforward question to answer because when you what happens is when you chew food, right? Okay you elicit like a, a response in your body. Certain mm-hmm. like enzymes are released, hormones are released, and that starts the digestive process, right? That's mm-hmm. where, how we're meant to intake food. And when you blend food or juice it, you're delegating that like important task of digestion, which your body, you're, it's like, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it on some level. Mm-hmm. Your body is meant to be, to be work. Your digestive mm-hmm. system is meant to be used, right? So when you delegate that task consistently to a machine, mm-hmm. a high-powered machine, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's safe to say you're not getting everything mm. you should be getting because you're not yeah. doing the process of like eating, so you're not activating those digestive enzymes that help break down the food. Yeah, and and again, like I'm not sure the the level to which absorption absorption differs with smoothies versus whole food. And there's nothing wrong with having smoothies. So I'm not saying this to be like never have smoothies. I'm just saying if you're always getting your healthiest food in a blended form, mm. I would encourage you to reconsider. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. That's that's what I what I would say. Okay, that's very interesting because I I don't eat smoothies that often. Right. And or I drink prefer them. or drink. Yeah, drink. <laughs> if, you eat them, if you eat them, I like to see you eat a smoothie. Maybe that would be a podcast. Uh, no, there's um. I got you. I'm just being silly. Don't they have smoothie bowls though? Like uh, certain yeah, places yeah. have smoothie bowls. Okay. You Fair know, enough. Like, Good recovery. Good yeah. recovery. Yeah. yeah you but, got uh, sharp on that one. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like uh. I can agree with that. I I don't, for me personally, I don't really like to drink my food, if that makes any sense, you know, or drink my calories. It's like, you know, it's like people are very busy, so it just kind of makes sense to do it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but even making a smoothie takes some time for me. Like, I try to make them in the morning, and I'm like, I don't really have the time to, like, get the almond milk and then try to, because I try to be really fancy, you know, put some chia seeds in it, put some some cinnamon in it, things like that. And I bought frozen kale. Which, respect that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although, don't blend that. You gotta respect the kale. You gotta eat it. <laughs> 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 but 
But look, man, I'm not people. People love smoothies. Smoothies are fun, right? So like, all good. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it. I would be concerned if, if a client they only ever ate their vegetables and blended. I would say you're you're not getting everything you could out of that. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting because I didn't. I, think, I wouldn't have expected that at all. No, especially if it's like greens and stuff. Because I usually put, um. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna buy frozen kale again, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I prefer fresh. I prefer the fresh for sure, cause I'm a very fresh spinach person. Mm. But for me, um, I find buying frozen helps it right. last long. It's it's about keeping it. Well, you're not eating long. quick enough. I got no problem. Kale goes really quick <laughs> in my place. <laughs> but I, I just like I I don't I guess you know I would have to because you know what I did see in your book yep. a really good recipe for um. Was it like shrimp soup with um, uh-huh. with with kale, and I I wanted to try that before we had this this podcast, but I just never got around to it. But you got some time tonight. Cook it up. <laughs> <laughs> Stop by the grocery no, store I, after. I did actually. I went to the store because I had to, and I, I seen a few recipes, and I was like, oh cool, I gotta grab this frozen shrimp and all of this, and right. I grabbed all the stuff, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make this, but I just haven't. It's okay. Found a time. Better, yet, better you know? late than never. So, um, oh my gosh, that's gonna be the death of me right there. Uh, to go back to the book, uh, yep. you got two books published. How long did it take you to get those books published? Like, what was the process? Like, was it uh, a back and forth with the publisher? Like, redo this, rewrite this, or write a new one, or can we get another recipe? Like, what's that process like? So, all I, what I can say is this. Okay, I mean. I, Every publisher is different. Mm-hmm. I work with a publisher who has their own system, mm-hmm. but their system is is basically a secret, right? Mm-hmm. So what they do is is their their approach. Their process. But what I can tell you is they reached out to me, mm-hmm. and they asked me to write a with asked me to write a book on a topic, and one way or another the book got done. Now there's recipes in the book, who and I don't I'm not a recipe developer, so they bring mm-hmm. on a recipe developer as well. So I provide oh, I'm more like I, I I'm a writer. I'm a researcher writer. I don't do the recipe game, so they bring someone else who does. Some people theoretically have both those skills. Mm-hmm. Um, like the my colleague who I wrote my first book with, she ultimately went on to write her own books because she could write and cook. She had both mm-hmm. skill sets. I actually don't have that second skill set, mm-hmm. so I'm always if I write a book that involves recipes, I'll always be reliant on someone else. But um, yeah, are you using any of the recipes out of the book? Or do you? That's a good question. I'm not. So, you know how you talk about basic cooking stuff? Mm-hmm. I am, there's a definition of that. You know, I don't do, I rarely do elaborate cooking. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to know what I ate last night, I mean, what I have, I had uh, some se- some sauteed tofu, mm-hmm. uh, some bagels, some lentils, mm-hmm. some eggs, right? No spices. And, that, and that's, I'm perfectly happy to eat like that. I had a great, I enjoyed that thoroughly. Had some mm-hmm. avocado, some kale, of course, you know. Yeah. So, I'm not like a big recipe guy. Like, I'll put some lemon pepper seasoning on fish, but, you know, I don't. I don't do fancy cooking. Mm-hmm. So you talk onions and garlic. I can't remember the last time I prepared <laughs> onions and garlic. And they're mm-hmm. good for you, by the way, yeah. right? Yeah. For most people, unless some people get digestive issues with them, but yeah. not, that's not you. They're good for you. But I, I'm in that boat. You know, that's I'm not. I'm not like a quote unquote foodie. I'm more yeah. pragmatic with my food. I understand. I but you still love food and you enjoy eating it. Absolutely. So what's the like reason for keeping it simple for yourself? Is it more like just so that everything's fresh or? It's I'm I'm maybe I'm just I'm probably a little bit lazy as well, okay. right? Fair, fair. And also, but no, beyond that, it's just yeah, the time component is one thing because like even cooking basic stuff takes time. So for everyone out yeah, there, like yeah, yeah, even cooking st- stuff simply takes a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. And I just genuinely 
enjoy eating in that way. Like, it's not, it's not like I'm, I'm not restricting or punishing myself. Like, that's how I like to eat. Like, I get joy from that. Mm. It's for me, if I'm hungry, I'm ready to eat. You know, if there's bells and whistles, cool. But if there's not, also cool. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I have to say, I'm pretty happy in the same way. Like, I, I, I am a food, like, I love food. Right. But when it's not prepared by me. Yeah. You know, like if I, I can go you. get it from somewhere else, because there's some like I'm never making seafood paella in my life. Right. You know, I like yeah. it. I enjoy it. It's delicious. But am I going to take the time to put that together at home? No, I'd rather go out and have somebody who's like cooking that yeah. for a living. That's, that's to, it. To make that. That's what I tell people. I might tell my clients like if there's when you go out, you got two options. You can eat whatever you want. Cool. Or if you're feeling like you want to eat something, you know, that you know to be quite healthy or whatever mm-hmm. and you wouldn't make it for yourself at home mm-hmm. if there's a vegetable or a fish that you wouldn't make at home mm-hmm. that's the other thing you could do depending mm-hmm. on the mood you're in. you might be in the mood to eat whatever or mm-hmm. you might be in the mood to eat something like quote unquote healthy that you wouldn't make for yourself at home mm-hmm. those right. are kind of the two ways i tell people because people always ask how to approach eating out right. yeah you know what i mean yeah some nights you might want chicken fingers and fries cool mm-hmm. or maybe some night you want like some rainbow trout and, and baked sweet potato that you just wouldn't cook at home for whatever reason so yeah. use that as an opportunity or sushi because most people aren't rolling up sushi at home right right i took a sushi making class i just want to put that out okay there. that was see pretty. i take i there you go so i'm wrong I, I i did i did i did it it was a it was like a date thing year okay. like a year oh, that's ago it's <laughs> a one-day class uh, it was like a one three hour class day class. Damn. It was takes like, ten years to teach sushi in Japan, apparently. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't come out as an expert at all, right. by any means, you know. <laughs> but you can. What was cool was like they give you there's certain levels, and um, I would plug them, but you know that's gonna cost some sponsorship money for me. To yeah. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, potential sponsor. <laughs> potential <alert>. sponsor. <laughs> but um, you, you it was cool because um, they showed you basically how to. The, well, what was great was they showed you the history of sushi and where it came from and how it started and which like era in Japan it all started and those origins. Right. And then you got to make like three um, different styles of sushi and there's like the basic, there was the avocado roll, I think was one. And then there was something a little bit more, with, um, maybe it was California roll, sorry, California roll. But you got to eat it and I pr- have to say like it was pretty filling. You know, and the oh, rice yeah. was delicious. Like, I would suggest the class to anyone to take it. Like, it's a really good, fun. You could do it for groups. But you won't tell uh, us where it is, though. No, I'm not until they pay you. You know what? Because the yeah. last the last episode, we we um we plugged a lot of organizations. Really? And I was like, yeah, we did. He kept saying, you know, the S word, you know, so like Spotify. So, oh, like, <laughs> which we are on Spotify, <laughs> but, um, but I don't want to, I don't want to start, I, I guess I have to be more conscious of that. Like just saying name thing, dropping, name dropping places, you know, because a lot of people are name dropping cause I listen to a lot, I'm a podcast fan myself. Yeah, right? yeah. So I listen to a lot of podcasts and like, they go through this little segment of like, Hey, these are all our sponsors, and they go a little scared or whatever. And I'm like, oh man, that's a really cool sponsor. I would love to have them too. Yeah, but, you know, it's just it's no, so no name dropping. But I have the kale growers. Maybe we're gonna sponsor you after today. Kale growers is yeah. that a real? Uh, oh, for sure, it is an organization. They oh. don't bother sponsoring me. They they why why waste <laughs> their money? I'm doing all the work for free. Yeah. So, uh, but if they're listening to this. Yeah, I'll let together. them know. I'll write them kale growers, you know. Yeah, there's got to be a kale growers association in America. There's an association yeah. for everything. I just learned that, you know, like if you if it if if it exists, 
like the the thing exists, it's yeah. probably out some there. Level, some, some level, some size. Yeah. Or may, may, might be two people in a garage, but <laughs> exactly, there's an organization. Yeah. Uh, what's what's your favorite part about being a dietitian? You know, you yeah, this great. You got you know, you having helping people find their dietary pattern or dietary path. You know, like what's what's your favorite part about being in that field, in that profession, and, and doing that for people? Yeah, like. I think that the most, the easiest answer is to say, yeah, you're changing people's lives and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And but I think when you're so involved in it and you're and you get and you're busy and you're seeing so many people, sometimes you you lose sight of that fact that you know you're actually, you know, you're really actually helping people improve their quality of life. So that's definitely a part of it. But what I love about specifically what I do is I have a great variety. So mm-hmm. I help people on a variety of levels. Like on Instagram, I can make I can bring joy kind of through laughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. On my blog, I can bring like education and empowerment to a lot of people with my writing. And in person, one-on-one, we get down to the nitty-gritty and mm-hmm, we really take mm-hmm. people to different places. So, I mean, I, I, I get joy in a lot of different ways. And when people ask me, like, if should I be a dietitian, I'm, I, I'm like, you know, you only do this job if you love it. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. only reason is if you want to help people to eat healthier. And, and okay, well, that's such a vague statement. But, mm-hmm. you know, from there... Um, you got to do this because you love it. That's why you do this job. And because I do love it, it's it's easy. And what, mm-hmm. like, you know, the idea, you know what they say, the cliche, like, if you really like what you do, it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been kind of doing six day a week the last mm-hmm. half a year and probably for most of this year. And it's pretty true. Like, when you're, it's a privilege to get to that place, mm-hmm. you know, but when you're there, it's like, yeah, it doesn't really feel like work. Um, so I kind of like it all. You know what all I mean? Right. I like all the different parts of it. And I'm fortunate that I have mm-hmm. different avenues. you know so yeah you you never come across someone who's like they don't care about eating healthy or like that's not a goal is there they just want to like has that ever come has that have you ever come across that where like a part of their goal is not necessarily to eat healthy well usually okay if someone comes in to see me it's Mm -hmm. because they've on like the free market of all the people you could see Mm -hmm. they chose they for whatever reason you know, I don't know what it is, but they <laughs> chose to come and talk to me, right? So that means on some level, they care what I have to say. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that what some people do have, though, it's not that they don't care about eating quote-unquote healthy or whatever, but it's like they, they are so far detached mm-hmm. from what that could possibly mean for them because they've gone down so many roads and they've taken advice from questionable people and they're so, like, almost disillusioned. So that happens. Right, and it's my job to pull them back in and kind of like let them hopefully rebuild some confidence, mm-hmm. um, and that happens a lot, right? There's a lot of people who have not <coughs> great relationships with um, with food because they've done diet X, diet Y, diet Z, diet Z. How how are we supposed to say it in Canada? I can't remember. I'm dating an American. I can't remember. <laughs> I say uh, Z, Z, so okay. I'm okay with Z. Yeah, but you're American, so but ah, uh, you, you know, are. American. I am yes. American. I don't. You have to ask. He's from Pakistan, so uh, yeah, I, don't I just go with whatever is the appropriate. Queen's English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what is it in Pakistan? Is it Z or is it Z? I think Z. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, That's important. That's more yeah. important. <laughs> <laughs> so how how scientific is the process of getting into the nitty gritty with the client and kind of trying to figure out you know what the hell is wrong and how do we get them to a state of? Is it a scientific process? Like, do you have to send them to? clinics or whatever to get blood work done and all that stuff that's a great question right so for me like having done so obviously my one of my primary goals like 
just from the purely so when, I, when you say scientific i'll take that as like vitamins and minerals but there's so many different ways you could do yeah that. sorry could, that was a vague thing yeah, yeah, term yeah, that i <laughs> you used to say like is that is there a specific approach and how you deal with people? approach yeah yeah behavior change that's a science yeah. vitamins and minerals that's a science yeah but i look at i look at their dietary pattern across five key foods five key groups of foods and and how they interact with those five key groups of foods tells me a lot about the overall balance of their diet because there are certain groups of foods that contain certain nutrients that if you're eating those foods you're very likely going to be covered for most of your vitamins and minerals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that's a big part of my approach mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah there's definitely like and i have my my methods right having done this for so long i, ha- I have quick and efficient ways mm-hmm. to really learn what someone's dietary pattern looks like right going back to that word dietary pattern that's what mm-hmm. i'm always looking at that's what i'm mm-hmm. most interested in right you know what i mean and based on that, you can determine like their macro breakdown and things like that. How whatever their goals may be, if they need X amount of protein or X amount of carbs and, and fats and stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's that's honestly that's a whole different game, mm, right? Because okay. you know what you have to do is there's a there's a small demographic of people who are interested specifically in all of that, mm. in looking at you know how many carbs and stuff to eat and stuff like that most people that's like way uh, first of all i don't believe that that's necessary but mm-hmm. i respect that some people like that level of detail and they're into that right so there's a fine line i don't that's not my thing like when i see someone come in my office i'm again when i say dietary pattern that means i don't necessarily care what you do on one day i care mm. what you do over, over a period of time right right and i'm much more concerned with the foods that you eat that's more so I, than which may surprise surprise you than the amount per se mm-hmm. that you eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm much I'm much more concerned that you eat certain foods that I know are going to be taking you to where you want to be health wise. Mm-hmm. That that's a whole other game. While you're talking there, there's yeah, there, and believe me, there are people who come in. They're like, listen, uh, I want to eat this amount of calories, this amount of protein. Just tell me how to work out the math. That's a much smaller demographic, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to realize that's like that requires a level of of desire to do that. That is. And I'm not saying it's good or bad to do that. It's just some people like to do it. And I respect that too. That's fine. And so what sort of resources are available for these people that come to you? Like, how do they, yeah. like, are they, do they see a doctor that tells them like, hey, you know, you need to fix how you're eating. And then they kind of refer you or like, because, yeah, I don't even know how it'd go about. Like, now that I know, right? like, before that, I wouldn't know how to even go about something like finding yeah, um, that's a good question. I mean, Google, yeah. you know, it's a big thing, right? Um, doctors do refer. I mean, I'll tell you right now. I mean, one of the biggest things that I see is uh, is people of high cholesterol, right? There's relatively wow. quick and simple dietary changes you can make to lower your cholesterol. Mm-hmm. But um, two of the top five prescribed medications in North America are for lowering cholesterol. That's pretty significant. Wow. Okay? wow. That, no, no, this figure may have changed in the last two years. Probably not. So, and cholesterol, high cholesterol is a leading risk factor for heart disease, which kills the most people in the States and the second most people in Canada. Okay. So yeah, that's a big one. So doctors can play a role, friends and family, word of mouth, Google, Instagram, all sorts of ways. Um, Yeah. And generally, so my services as a, like as a private practitioner are not covered by OHIP. Right. So some people, many people, actually a vast majority of people do have third party insurance through work. The, you know the usual providers that you, you right. hear about and then you know some people also pay out of pocket um, yeah. but there's not no OHIP coverage but it is possible for people to have benefits through work to 100%. engage in services it's like more than possible diet. it's common okay. quite common yeah, very common I didn't even know that 
Yeah. You didn't know that, yeah. really? I don't think so, no. Yo, you need to check your insurance. Well, yeah, well, I'm a freelance now, so it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. I, yeah. Right, right, right. My right. days of being able to take advantage are gone. Well, I, <laughs> I'm I, in the same boat, my friend. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I tell everybody I know that has insurance through work, like, use those benefits, man. Like, yeah, even 100%. All of them, man. I mean, yeah. it's not a lot. You know, sometimes it's not a lot. Sorry, sometimes it's a 500. But right. I think I was talking to somebody recently, and they said they get like a thousand dollars per like um, practitioner, you know. So like, I'm like, use them, you know. But that's an interesting question. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) Come see Andy if you need a dietitian. Please, Um, Davisville. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that was a great question um, that you had because it, it is like people don't know where to get the information from and people don't yeah. know who to trust. And I, I, you know what I feel like can be distracting is like when you get these health guys or people come on your, your like YouTube ads and they're like fit and like yeah. in great shape. And it's like, Oh, they must know a lot about, you know, healthy and nutrition because Hey, they're, they're fit, yeah. you right. know? And sometimes they don't really know. And I notice a lot of these guys, they, I, I, there's one guy I know, I don't know him personally, but like, you know, of, I know yeah, of, I you, uh, um, every time the new hot diet comes out, he's like the professional in that new hot diet mm. and he's telling you how to do it. So like, yeah, that's how you stay relevant. I suppose on in certain platforms like YouTube or whatever the case may be. Right. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to get information and even for myself, which is, you know, I, I did seek out for myself. Like, how do I get this information because right. online? Like I said, you have people that are like, oh, you know what? Keto is the way or meat and vegetables is the way. Then you it's have the hard, other side that's hard. like vegan, no plant-based protein. And you're like, who? who's right? Like, who should I be listening to? You know, and how yeah. do I know who should be listened to? You know, and is that something that you get a lot from clients? Like, I just don't know who to listen to. What should I do? 100%. That's yeah. 100%. Tim Ferriss is someone who a lot of people look up to who I see. And he, he seems to have, I don't know, I'm not intimately familiar with his principles. They seem to be reasonable, like among the more reasonable from these online personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. Like I just said that earlier. It's hard. All I can do is I do my thing. I try and be visible. I try and release good information that I, I feel comfortable with um, that is evidence-based as, as, as much as possible, that is uh, objective. But it's tough. It's tough out there because mm-hmm. in the world of health, you know, absolutely how you look, how your body looks is worth a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And Especially in this era of Instagram and, and like... It's and tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um, and those, you know, if someone looks like in great shape, credit to them because that's a reflection of a probably lifelong commitment to mm-hmm. fitness but doesn't make them necessarily a phd in nutrition right yeah, um true. so there's that's comp that's a unfortunate complication that we have but to I, work through i also feel like part of the problem is like these people because they look great they are trusted mm-hmm. and they may not be the most trusted source of information for these things <laughs> Yeah, you know, and a hundred percent. And then I, I feel like a lot of and this is some people are maybe some people have a PhD and they that's true. They look that's like very athletes. True. That's true. You know, cool, cool. But and I guess if you're if you're an athlete, clearly you probably you might have some knowledge about you have some knowledge about your experience. Yeah, that's and, true. And, that's true. And if you're look, the reality is if you're like a high level in anything, right? Your experience in that in pursuing that achievement is worth value, but doesn't mean that you can extrapolate that onto all these other people who are not you or who are not mm-hmm. living in your context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So that is where someone with not their extensive knowledge base will fall short. 
mm-hmm. and will f- certainly fall short when the questions get complicated mm-hmm. um, and more than just personal experience and what you did and what works for you. That yeah. can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not useless information, but it's right. not enough. Surely it's not enough. So, so do you have to work with people in helping them break these mental processes and behavioral patterns as well? In, right. in terms of like, you know, like what we're talking about, like people have negative thought processes around their food and right. things like anxieties or whatever. Is that a component of what you have to work through the, with them as well? Yeah, on some level, you, you know, you have to encourage people to, to challenge their thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. challenge the, the rationality of their thoughts. And one of the big things I tell people is there's kind of three things like you have to be honest with yourself. OK, always be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. Please, you honest be you be honest with me. But even more importantly is to be honest with yourself. So what I mean by that is like, you know, if you're going to, if someone has like six mixed flurries every day and they feel Jeez. always how they have a stomach ache or something, this is a really extreme example, yeah, not a real sure. example. Yeah. We can be honest in <laughs> saying that course of action is not in line with optimizing right. your health. We can Absolutely. be honest and say that. Okay. Yeah. But we can also be honest in saying having a McFlurry on a Friday night, mm-hmm. right? Is like okay. it's totally, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Right. So you mm-hmm. have to be honest with yourself. You have to be fair. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to be kind to yourself. So that means when you're not sure if you, sh- if you should like where your honesty and fairness takes you mm-hmm. err on the side of kindness, because many people are way too hard on themselves. Yeah. Right. I definitely am. one. I of think that's people. one of the things I read in one of your articles as well is like the people really fixate on the negative instead of focusing yeah. on the positive. Do you have to help them break through that? And do you like, how do you find doing that because like you're a dietitian, but there's like this emotional component that's now involved in the mm-hmm. work that mm-hmm. right do you ever feel uncomfortable doing stuff like that or well you you know when you when i identify it i uh-huh. i offer insight and guidance to the best of my ability you right. know what i mean if i if i can identify a recurring negative thought pattern where let's say you know in the world of um like behavioral therapy there's a term called like catastrophizing okay which is when anything when anything diverges from some preset plan you make it to be the end of everything. Like, oh, I had a fry tonight. Mm-hmm. All that healthy eating I did for the past six months is done. Forget right. it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you identify those patterns, you have to call them out and encourage people to challenge them and, and challenge the, the 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 rationality of those. Is is that really true? Like mm-hmm. truly, do you really yeah. is, if you're being honest with yourself, is that really the case? Right? And and that's one way to do it. You know, that's a whole other discipline. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's mm-hmm. where other dis- other you know, there's there's um I mean, obviously, therapy, all sorts of different types of therapy and behavioral therapy and stuff like that. But obviously, if I identify those unhelpful patterns, I'm going to do what I can within the context of my work with a client, which is not always extensive, mm-hmm. depending on, on their willingness to, to commit and all that. I'm obviously going to try and help them identify the patterns of thinking that are not helping them. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Depends on the person. You know what I mean? I would have to say for myself, I kind of know what that is. And this is part of the reason I haven't been uh, eating sugar like cookies and desserts like that sure because i feel like i go on the deep end like i just once i have one i'm just like okay now i want more now i just want to eat more cookies you know right and even though i i did go to the lint store recently and bought like a 30 pack of truffles lint store that's a chocolate store you went there in on a mission (laughs) (laughs) i love lint chocolate man i've had chocolate today i had i had some chocolate earlier was it dark chocolate or was it it uh, was dark chocolate i like dark chocolate yeah i love dark chocolate most people don't like the dark chocolate because it's bitter but i don't know 70 percent. i don't notice it i have 85 it might as well be a kick out bar i like yeah 85 is pretty good too 90 90 is good i like it a lot which i'm surprised that 90 actually has not bad i had 99 but it actually has like you've had 99 i have a 99 yeah it's not like um 
it's not like I'll walk in the park. It's just fine, right? It's okay. Right. Yeah. Which you Lent, do it just for fun. Lent now has, <laughs> and I know I just plugged another organization, but Lent now sponsors. has 100%. That's got to be expensive. Uh, it, you know the excellent bars, right? I think we eat some of the same. Sure. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an excellent bar. That's 100%. Okay. So I have no idea what that, that tastes like. A bar? 100 bucks for the bar? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> One dollar for every percent. percent. Oh, God. <laughs> But um, where was I going with this? Oh, I went to the Lint store and um, I I love Lint chocolate and yeah. I was preparing my birthday's next week. So happy early birthday! Thank yeah. you very much. So um, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna give me some of these Lint truffles and I'm not gonna have them till my birthday. Right? And then they what always gets me is when you walk into the Lint store, they offer you a free piece. And I never deny that I shit. Go to like, <laughs> no, you definitely shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I always take the free piece. Yeah, but then they had this special where you get like, I'm just giving all their promotions away yeah. right now. <laughs> like, where's the Lint store? Yeah, there's a few. There's actually one uh, close to where we are, like Young and Blore. Like, um, oh, okay. you know how Blore has the um, underground? the the underground oh, area. Gotcha. There's a Lint store there. Okay. Um, but the one I was at was at Shops and Don Mills. Okay. Cool. Cool. And um, find a local Lint store <laughs> near you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I can. Yet. Maybe I can ask them for Imagine sponsor, next, but... next time on the podcast, <laughs> we're all having dark chocolate bars. <laughs> That'd be great, right? <laughs> that would be a dream. Yeah. To get ah oh man, that would That's be a great sponsor. I would love that to be my first. Ch- you can have like a thing of chocolate. Yeah. And oh, just listen, I will put a pound of that shit right here for them to see. Okay, oh, yeah. if they if Lint sponsored this, yo, yeah. chocolate galore. It's about to happen. Big, he's like one of those big bunnies just taking yeah. it back. <laughs> but um, they they had um, so they had a deal going on where if you buy, spend twenty dollars, you get like a free excellence bar. Cool. So I was like, cool, yeah, I'll get the... They didn't have any 100%, though. I would have gotten that one. Yeah. So I just took the 90, and they had a 99. So yeah. I've had the 99. Mm, not... It's thin. It's different, right? It is like, different. Uh, I, I mean, I like it. I don't find it as often, but I have oh. it just to say, uh, more than anything, just to be like, yeah, I had 99. Yeah. yeah. But I'm what tough. I found surprising <laughs> between the 85 and the 90% is that um, 90% has more calories. Like ten more calories per serving, eh? Yeah, um, yeah. You never know exactly what the ingredients are because all all the ninety percent is saying is the, is the I guess the cocoa mass. Cocoa. There could be other ingredients, right? By the end of the day, you get the one you like. like by that point, it's whatever. Have eighty five, not have ninety. It's all good. Do you right? eat it by yourself or do you have it? Like I like it with a cup of tea. Personally, I I have it. Um, I have it with usually bananas and nuts. Like that's my that's like my mm. snack basically. What mm. I what I eat very often. Okay. Um, or peanut butter or something like that. Peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, I yeah. guess that's a pretty good. Yeah, Do you make cool. one of those? You make like a lint peanut butter sandwich. Like put some, like get a couple of squares. That, sound, that sounds messy. I just <laughs> eat it. Like I have a chocolate. I will have some peanut butter. I have a banana. I have a chocolate. Okay. A <laughs> it's like a robot. It's a rotate yeah, through yeah, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to do anything too elaborate. Just get it in. You know. Yeah. I eat I a lot. I eat, honestly, I eat a lot of chocolate these days. I like chocolate. I love chocolate, but yeah. I, it's something. I'm gonna say it's something life changing about the dark chocolate. And I think it's because you can enjoy it more often than you can, like, the milk chocolate, which is high, high sugar. Like, we're talking, like, 20 grams of sugar and stuff like that, whereas the, the lower cocoa. But you know what? I keep mentioning Lent. I don't know anybody else that does chocolate that at that level of cocoa at, like, 85 uh-huh. 90%. I, I think Lent is supposed to be, like, from what my, one of my clients told me that Lent is legit. It's supposed to be. I didn't realize this because it just looks like another brand to me. Yeah. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm not so, I guess, engaged in the chocolate game. But apparently mm-hmm. Lent is supposed to be, like, the best stuff. 
Hmm. Oh, really? And, like in uh, the world or like in, in uh, North America, I guess? Uh, I, I mean, I guess that's available commercially because, I mean, it's a European company, I assume. Like Lint Sound's Austrian, uh, maybe? Yeah. Um, or German, perhaps? Well, they also own Garaldi, I think it is, right? Oh, you're doing a serious lip plug <laughs> here, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, chocolate is where it's at. Right. I love chocolate, so like, yeah, but I'm going to move on We're from gonna chocolate We're going to name this podcast <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, which is interesting. I did not give this podcast episode a title, Right. surprisingly. I, yeah. We'll just call it Food for Thought. That was something that Andy mentioned earlier. So this is Food for Thought. Uh, I like episode, it. Episode 16. Featuring Willy Wonka. Um, I'm like an hour in, and now I want to mention what the title of the podcast yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll put I'll cut this part out and put it in the beginning, and then people will know what's happening. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you, we talked about um, people's diets, dairy plan are different, pescatarian, right. vegetarian, vegan, keto, whatever the case might be. But are there some foods that as a dietitian that you encourage people to have in all diets obviously vegetables but like is there any particular like a specific food that like everybody should have this in their diet right well i mean you can go this you can have a whole a whole list i mean vegetables are a food group right so 100 percent, you know hard to unless you have some medical reason not to i mean vegetables have to be there right for optimal health vegetables antioxidants vitamins minerals fiber everything you need to mm-hmm. for your body to work properly fruit is in there as well although like <laughs> that's become more controversial of course because people, of the sugar people have s- on some level irrational fears about sugar mm-hmm. right um, nuts and seeds in the absence of allergies nuts mm-hmm. and seeds are associated with good health mm-hmm. legumes mm-hmm. plant-based protein sources mm-hmm. right very important and and fish you know um fish is very unique as a food because it has a lot of vitamin D and mm-hmm. a lot of omega-3 fatty acids. Mm-hmm. If you go on Amazon and you look at the top-selling products, mm-hmm. supplements rather, vitamin D and omega-3 are near the top because they're hard to get because they're not found in that many foods. Fish happens to have both an abundant supply, which is really why it ends up being a food that's often associated with good health. Mm. Not that you mm-hmm. need to eat fish. Like if vegans, vegetarians who don't eat fish are out there, and you can be perfectly healthy without it. But if you're an omnivore, fish is, as far as I'm concerned, the most important source of animal protein are there um i just thought about this question somebody asked uh, wanted me to ask this um right are there um certain diets that work best with people for certain medical conditions yeah i mean uh, that's uh, for sure i mean yes i mean generally the best answer is yes now there's many different medical conditions that have dietary implications Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so what what comes up? I mean, for example, I mean, some people have you know celiac disease. They can't have uh, gluten. gluten right. Okay, that's the the easy example. There's allergies. Okay, those are the mm. obvious examples. Right, and right. beyond that, there's implications. Certain medications, certain foods don't go with certain medications. Um, certain conditions, you know. So the keto diet, funny enough, was originally Atkins, right? No, no, the keto diet was originally made. No, no, you're, no, I see what you're saying. Like it, the Atkins diet is, is is actually similar to the keto diet, but the keto diet itself, the idea of not having of having so little carbohydrate that your body shifts to to ketones as an energy source, was was kind of derived as a treatment for for epilepsy, mm. and it helps. So that's mm-hmm. you know that's one thing. Now I don't uh, employ that for the treatment of epilepsy and epilepsy in my clients. Because I'm not in like a clinical setting, mm-hmm. so I'm not intimately familiar with that. But that is, I believe, it's originally why it was kind of created. Mm. So that's the perfect answer to your question. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Great. Um, uh, I had another follow up question, but I completely forgot. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, no, all good. Uh, 
so, so busy thinking about chocolate. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I just I seen on my paper. I seen I wrote chocolate, chocolate. down. So that's <laughs> so, all I'm thinking about now. Ninety nine, eighty five. <laughs> <laughs> so do you always write about? food and dietary stuff or are you into writing about other stuff as well and yeah um good question so i write about food and nutrition i write about supplements because supplements are popular but then i also write reflective pieces mm-hmm. opinion pieces okay so i wrote a blog on my i wrote I, I write blogs on also my journey what it's like to have a private practice um how to be a better writer um my journey from blogging to being an author i've written that blog uh, you know things like that. So I write, you tr- I write about food. I write about supplements, and I write reflective pieces and pieces sometimes just about writing and mm-hmm. and and then things also how to be a better dietitian. Like you know, I wrote I have mm-hmm. a blog on empathy, which is an important yeah. um, yeah. you know tool mm-hmm. for healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's all somewhat related to to me and what I do. But yeah, I don't just write about food, even though that is like the main Probably. thing I write about. Yeah. Right. What? would you say is the most common question you get from clients regarding diet yeah oh it's tough that's a tough yeah. one yeah. <laughs> um what should i eat yeah, you know? yeah I guess what should i eat what do i eat you know should i should i eat carbs should i eat soy you know what i mean um yeah and i feel like sorry to cut you off yeah. but i feel like a lot is what we talked about earlier is the misinformation Oh, 100% there, it is. You know, yeah. because like I won't, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't eat a lot of carbs because it's bad. And you have, and I've heard this all the time, carbs are bad. Don't, carbs are the enemy. And then right. there are other health professionals that are like, oh, carbs are your friend. You know, you need carbs for energy. It helps you. It's a good pre-workout thing right. and all of these things. So like, I, I feel like you probably come across a lot of people. I would imagine, obviously, I don't know for sure, but like people who are worried about what they should eat because of the amount of information that's telling them don't eat this eat this don't eat this eat this right you know so like how do you as a dietitian like how do you like combat that i guess to help people ease like no everything in moderation is okay it's it's you know it's incredibly hard you know because i'll tell you right now i mean so, so let's use soy as an example i mean if someone has come in to the office and they've heard somewhere right that soy causes breast cancer mm-hmm. and they are convinced of that mm-hmm. it's really hard doesn't mm-hmm. matter if i've written a blog doesn't matter if i have all these references if you hear something like that and i you can't blame them you cannot blame them mm-hmm. but how eager are they going to be to try tofu when they're convinced mm-hmm. that that's the case even if it's on bad evidence if even if it's from an irreputable professional how can how you know how hard is it going to be to suggest otherwise mm-hmm. so on some level i respect that because you know you know i'm in a, a privileged position where i have I'm, i have an intimate understanding mm-hmm. and I, by the way i'm not i'm far from the smartest person in the world of nutrition right? i don't have a phd uh, you know nothing like that so i have a certain level of knowledge that's above the average person but on some level i'm, I'm detached from how little really mm-hmm. just the average person knows and oh what it's yeah. like to to hear these things with no knowledge of mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. you know, it's incredibly influential, and it mm-hmm. can lead you down, and it leads so many people down. You know, what is you know a, like a dark path on mm-hmm. some level. So it's hard, you mm-hmm. know. What I mean, it's hard. I try and do my part, mm-hmm. and you know, if someone comes to my office, it means they are willing to put some level of faith in 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 my in my guidance and my judgment. Mm-hmm. So that helps. But there's some battles that are tough. Like some people, you know, are so convinced that they can't have sugar from fruit and they won't eat fruit, and and all I can do is, you know, in a in, in a gentle way, 
give them a little bit of feedback, but then support them with where they're at mm-hmm. to do the best they can with what they're willing to do because they've built up. Many people have built up so many damaging thoughts and feelings about food over time and you got to deal with that in the best way possible and it's it manifests differently for mm-hmm. people so what is the myth with sugar and fruit like i i think that's something for myself i can't even wrap my head around like you shouldn't eat a lot of sugar but sugar and fruit is okay or like too much like i've had diet plans before where they would say if you're going to eat fruit it should be eaten in the morning you should eat it at, in the evening yeah, and stuff like all that all sorts of nonsense like that you know yeah. like <laughs> what like I guess, like, how bad is sugar actually, or is it that, like, I, I don't even know, like, I'm so confused, I don't even know how right. to ask the question properly, you know, like, what is it about sugar and fruit that people are afraid of, or what's bad about it, and what's the misconception about it? Well, I mean, like, it depends what they heard, you know, mm. some people think that sugar is 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 the thing that's going to make you gain weight. Some mm-hmm. people think that it's, like, on some level it's toxic or something like that. Mm. Depends what they've heard. It all goes back to dietary pattern. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, what is what is y- the bigger picture look like? You know, mm-hmm. what is y- your eating style characterized by? If it's characterized by, I don't know, like mo- mostly mostly candy, okay, sure, for you, sugar probably yeah. is problematic. Right, right. You know, if it's characterized mostly by fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds, I could care less about how much mm-hmm. sugar you eat. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, that's where the honesty component comes mm-hmm. in. You don't have to... You know, so the the dietary pattern tells you tells you everything. You know what so, I mean? So, so sugar sugar as a word is, is is not so useful. Right. I, I I read somewhere that you like your average intake of sugar a day shouldn't be more than like thirty two grams or something. Is there right. truth to that, or should you be not trying to? Or like that sounds made up. Yeah. Yeah. The Health Canada. Um. So I've I've actually I used to work for as a student for a place called the Canadian Sugar Institute. Mm-hmm. So this is actually an uh, interesting story, okay? So it's an advocacy. Essentially, okay, my, my old boss might refute this exact definition, <laughs> whatever. It's an a- basically a sugar advocacy group. They advocate for the objective assessment of sugar in the public sphere, right? So they don't want people thinking sugar is, the en- is poison, mm-hmm. which is not, by the way, mm-hmm. okay? Sugar plays an important role in, in, in creating certain types of foods and making certain foods that, by the way, are very good for people that they mm-hmm. wouldn't eat if they, if they taste like crap. Mm-hmm. Sugar allows certain foods that are good for us for more people to eat them. Mm-hmm. A high-fiber cereal is one example. Mm-hmm. Yogurt, decent food for many people, mm-hmm. okay? They, not everyone's down for 0% plain yogurt, right. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so sugar helps with that. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was a student there, I went into that rotation thinking sugar is crap. It's the devil, mm-hmm. okay? It's the worst thing. When you go there and you realize, you see the, the research and the evidence being broken down, you see the role sugar plays in the food industry, and then, of course, you learn more beyond that as a professional. You realize, like, it's not even worth a second thought, mm-hmm. you know, your sugar mm-hmm. intake. Not, it's not even worth a second thought. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's, my, that's why I tell people all the time. But, again, you know, what's, what's pop, what gets clicks online is polarizing information. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear it's okay to have sugar. Yeah. It's okay to work it in. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like everyone wants to hear that this sugar is crap. It's this, it's that. You know what I mean? So, do you do you have like have you ever created a diet plan that includes like someone having a dessert so often if they want to include that in their diet plan? Like, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like I said, like you know, f- food is to be enjoyed, and you gotta look forward to what you're doing. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So. I'm not actually as a rule generally like I don't tell you what not to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna, I'm not that's not what I do. I tell you 
the things that I want you to do. I want mm. you to incorporate more of this, more of that. Because like I said at the beginning, you know, health comes from the things you do, not the things mm. you don't do. Right. Okay. Right. So if you have a dessert, like I honestly, I could care less. Mm. Good for you. I hope mm. you enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Mm. I hope it's one that you enjoyed. But like, okay, let's make sure we, you know, I want you also to have some vegetables this week. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, no, it's like that's, you know, like I, I'm really a believer food's supposed to add to your quality of life. You got to enjoy what you're doing. And, of course, there's there's more nuance to it than that, and it's individualized, and everyone, mm. that means dif- different things for different people. But as a general rule, I'm not concerned with telling you what not to do. Yeah. It's easier just to focus on positive goals. That's like a big philosophy of mine. So, mm. yeah. Have you noticed an increase in, like, people trying to be healthier and seeking health-based options in the time that you've been doing, working as a dietitian? It's 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 really hard for me. That's that's a very, like, broad question. It's hard for me to measure that because, you know, that's also, you know, it's all confounded by my increasing visibility. Fair. You know what I Fair. mean? As a, bus- mm-hmm. as, a, as a business. So I can't really judge that fairly. I can definitely say that, for example, veganism, vegetarianism is increasingly popular. Mm-hmm. Right? There's mm-hmm. more vegans and vegetarians today than any other time. Right. Obviously, the yeah. Game Changers documentary play a small role in that. So yeah. what the health uh-huh. y- years previously, right? right. Um, so our people are more aware of animal ethics. They're seeing more and more of this stuff, treatment of animals mm-hmm. on Instagram, the videos. And um, yeah, those are some of the harsh realities that we all have to, to face up to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and I'm not begrudging anyone who eats chicken or beef. Uh, we had, like you said, we had chicken sandwiches yeah. just before the, <laughs> and the then show. They were delicious. They were, <laughs> yeah, they, they were. Um, but um, yeah, it's that's tough, tough question to answer. So I want to switch gears a little bit, and I yeah. want to talk to you about Kelly Kelly. Calligraphy. Calligraphy. Yeah, don't worry, nobody. <laughs> I, 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 calligraphy. People, <laughs> people butcher it right up <laughs> the center. Yeah. So uh, tell us about. Uh, it was an interesting thing when I seen on your website that you have this section called calligraphy. Calligraphy. Don't worry. Calligraphy. Explain, you're gonna <laughs> do, don't worry. Once I explain you where the word comes from, you're gonna get it. Okay. okay. So yeah. Tell, tell I should have worn my shirt. You know, I forgot. Ah, uh, yeah. I should have yeah, mentioned it to you. I only have smalls left, right? <laughs> so <laughs> there's a the problem. There you go. Um, uh, so yeah, tell us tell us about calligraphy. Cal- Cal- yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so by now, okay, we've been talking for a bit. You know, mm-hmm. I love writing. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, I have books, whatever, blogs. I love writing, and and essentially, like as a dietitian, I've used like I've used writing to be an important part of my career. And it's and and it's an important thing for professional development, for visibility, all that. So my idea was so calligraphy is a combination of two words. It's kale, which which is a food, my favorite right. food. Mm, yeah. Okay, essentially, well, it's it's up there, if not my favorite. Um, which represents like health, uh-huh. vitality, and then mm-hmm. calligraphy, which represents like creative writing or writing in general. So I combine mm-hmm. those two words together. And what calligraphy is, it's, it's like my writing mentoring service. Mm-hmm. So it's for up and coming or, or experienced health professionals who want to break into the online writing game, who want to start blogging, who want guidance on their writing style, they want feedback on on pieces. So what calligraphy is, is we together, we write articles for your platform. So I've had numerous clients, um, nutrition students, established professionals, even chiropractors who aren't dietitians. And we come up with topics. We, based on, on your passion area, we go through some drafts. I give you feedback on your writing style. Then we then you publish the article and I help you promote it through my platforms. Because that's a big thing, right? Is when people are starting out, you, know, you write an article, but who's going to read it? Right. So that's right. where my platform, my promotion can help. Um, and so that's essentially what it is. Yeah, so it's just like uh, for young health professionals in the writing world to kind of get their feet wet and to start learning what it takes just because I just believe in the world like we're a video and all that. I just don't believe writing's dead. 
Yeah. And I 100%. can't believe that. I mean, look what I mean, it's helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. I you feel like I mean? it's definitely not that. Even I know Instagram is all about pictures, but like sometimes captions people are have big. Cap- oh my god, captions are key. I'm well, there's sorry. Twitter as well. There is Twitter, but like sometimes those captions on Instagram are just I'm not reading it. Right. It's yeah. just too, it's too a, long. But a clever and caption is a clever worth caption more is than true. anything, right? Yeah. A clever caption is a clever caption. I think part of my reasoning for not reading a lot of captions on Instagram though is just because of the um, the font is too small. Mm. Right. You know, there's no right. way to enlarge a blog post. The font is much larger, right? Right. Than than it is on a Instagram, and it's on my phone. I'm just like, I can't really. Yeah. yeah my eyes yeah, don't want to adjust to try to read that that shit. <laughs> yeah, I was, Fair. I was some people lame. do play with that. They do caps or they do some weird fonts yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a fair. Can you fair change point. fonts in Instagram or is it a standard font? I don't know. Never looked into it. Well, you can. I've seen it. I don't. Yeah. I don't care to research how. Yeah. Um. But you can. Okay. I mean, but I love your Instagram. I appreciate we talk about that, Instagram. Man. Some yeah. of your uh, posts about um. It's food humor. That's the, the same. <laughs> we'll leave it. No, no, we yeah. don't have to leave it. I'm just. It's. It's. It's like. Yeah. It is. You, people got to check me out. It's Andy the RD, right? I'm yeah. sure you're gonna like plug me somewhere. With I was gonna gram. plug you at your end, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I love my gram. I, I see, I seen the seen the pictures, and one of them had me dying. Right. You know, something about soluble fiber, soluble fiber, and yeah. and, and like oh, I can't even remember the quote. But I can I tell it to you right now. I remember. No, it go ahead, want. go ahead. Yeah. So let's okay. Let's you guys want you want because you say yourself you want this podcast to be educational, right? So I'm going to drop you some nutrition education, <laughs> and I'm going to turn it into humor, and I'm going to and then I'm going to kind of show you what I do on Instagram. Okay. So first of all, there's something called soluble fiber. Okay. Soluble fiber is found in certain types of things like oatmeal. Mm-hmm. sweet potatoes certain mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables it's very good for your blood sugar and your blood cholesterol because it has absorptive capabilities in your digestive tract okay mm-hmm. so why that's good when something that absorbs water it slows down the movement of things through your digestive system that's good for your blood sugar because when things move more slowly they take more time to get into your bloodstream okay it's good for your cholesterol because the absorptive uh, aspect of soluble fiber well, one of the proposed mechanisms is that it absorbs like essentially some of the fats in your digestive tract, some of the acids, which then your body has to reach into your bloodstream to replace. And it's pulling cholesterol from your blood to then replace some of the, the fatty acids in your stomach. Uh, that's yeah. like a super simple explanation. So that's why it lowers cholesterol on some level. But it's, it's absorptive, right? Absorptive, if that's even a word. So my quote was like, I think it was something the fact that like you know your ex is is like soluble fiber clingy af right <laughs> so and then soluble fiber and of course that's a joke for only a nutrition professional can yeah. really get but that's that's all inherent in that and then and then I might link that to a post on soluble fiber so yeah. I combine the humor with the education right mm-hmm. um, and then you got you know there's some vitamin D jokes on there that's yeah. easy right that's easy <laughs> that's, you know, but um, yeah, yeah you got to go on there because like you know relationships are th- something that we can all relate to absolutely food is my thing so yeah. i try and use r- relationship jokes and food jokes together yeah. and then lead that to education yeah. listen we're all about jokes you yeah. did you so did you do take any writing classes or stuff like that or was this just a passion that you had and you just worked on it on your own or i think i honestly i just think i always had a thing for writing i didn't take any classes okay you know i i was not one to take extra classes when i was younger for <laughs> yeah. sure yeah probably too busy playing video games realistically <laughs> um no honestly it's just something that came naturally to me so i, I can't i'm not going to pretend like i have some special method i think i was kind of fortunate that i just liked it uh-huh. and i was decent and and i'm not like a technical writer like don't ask me how to use a comma right i have no idea <laughs> no, i don't think that's this, i think a lot of people who want to be writers over 
given yeah. overly high degree of importance to things mm. like where do you put a comma? A semicolon? Like, forget yeah. it. Okay, comma, I think I know how to use a comma. comma. Semicolon. Yeah. Semicolon, semicolon, I definitely don't yeah. know yeah. how to yeah. use. Yeah. I'm not a technical yeah. writer. I'm like a creative writer. Like right. I can put the words together in a compelling way. Yeah. But yeah, th- you know what? You'll probably find s- some grammar errors in my blogs. Mm-hmm. In fact, you'll probably find a number of them. And I'm not <laughs> proud of that. Yeah. But it's a reflection that I'm not like, I'm not a scholarly writer. I'm not like yeah. an Oxford yeah. English grad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The Queen's English. And I mean, Shall especially when you're working with things like nutrition, it's really, you know, to be able to make that approachable to people, I think that's more important than where you put a comma and semicolon. Well, I mean, that's apparently... That's what I tell myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's an excuse I tell uh, myself. <laughs> I don't know if it's still true today, but apparently newspapers are written at a third grade level anyways, you know. So like Or sixth grade, probably. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, to make sure the to most people sure possible can understand. understand what's going Fair. on. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible so that's the case. I'm not 100% sure that's Or fact. eighth grade, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Let's just say it's it's lower than high school or university level writing, you know, for sure. You know, because right. I guess, well, I don't know what, this, what the reasoning before. I'm sure there's some psychological or some psychology research that was done on that. Um, so Depends any, on the paper and the demographic because you don't want to alienate the readership. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So just got a couple of questions for you. Sure. A couple of last final questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, one was, what other foods do you love outside of kale? Okay. Uh, right now, avocado's big. Frozen pomegranate. I love frozen pomegranate. Frozen specifically? Yeah, yeah I love frozen pomegranate. It's hard to undo a pomegranate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? <laughs> I don't know how to describe no, it. No, no, no. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I've never purchased a pomegranate in my life. Frozen really? pomegranate all day. It's on sale. Yeah. On sale at Metro. So Maybe. is it just pomegranate? It's just the seeds, just right? Just the seeds. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I got some at home. I can't wait to have some later. <laughs> avocado? avocado? I already said that. Yeah, you already said avocado. Um, tofu's big. And then, I mean, my rainbow trout. You know what I mean? Red yeah, right. red bell peppers is the thing I eat with my kale every night. So red really? bell peppers. Or any bell pepper, rather. Raw. Yeah. So raw. those are my favorites. Okay. Um, in terms of food that, like, you would not expect a dietitian to say, you know, because I'm a normal person. I love ice cream cake. That's like... Really? You know, I eat ice cream cake at every opportunity. Um, wow. <laughs> or any cake. <laughs> chocolate cake as well. And obviously, I eat chocolate. I mean, ch- and, and, I, I, and chips. I eat chips often with dinner, and I eat a lot of chocolate. So um, just I'm a normal person, you know, I have foods, <laughs> that, I have foods that make me happy, and yeah, I eat the foods that make me happy. That's it. Mm-hmm. The um, where do you get a ice cream cake from? I, I feel like what I mean? haven't. Well, I don't even go out of my way to buy it. If I'm at a party, <laughs> I have ice cream cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out because I'm thinking you Baskin know, Robbins, Dairy yeah. Queen. Are they? I don't even know where they are right now. Uh, well, we'll talk well, actually, after. They're, they're in <laughs> the oh, wait, ice cream. Wait, wait, well, if they sponsor us, we'll talk <laughs> after. <laughs> yeah. And the last question, this is a thing I've been wanting to ask everybody, right. which I love this question because people come up with different answers all the time, and it's yeah. unrelated to like specifically food right. or diet. I refuse to answer it. Then. No, I'm just <laughs> Would you prefer to be the first in something or the best at something? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Well, I'm I, I'm like I've always in my life been someone who's like been sl- a little bit slow starter. Mm-hmm. I'm a slow starter, so I have to pick the best. Because if I was saying the first, like I don't think it would mean anything. Because I've never mm-hmm. been someone to do things the f- to be quick off the block. Mm-hmm. I take I I start slow and I get myself together later on, and then I kind of thrive once I'm rolling. So I'm gonna go with the the best. Well, I feel like you're the first to do something called call cal- calligraphy, though. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on some level, but I mean, I, I'm sure I'm not the first person who has helped people with their writing, and I, yeah, I branded true. it in a unique Understandable. way. Understandable. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I think I don't think I've done any like you know I don't think I've done anything sort of revolutionary. That's the first. I think 
I'll stick with trying to be the best. Although obviously I got a long way to go, but understandable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna wrap it up. All right. Thank that was you awesome, very man. much, Thanks Andy. So much, that was guys. a lot of fun. Uh, please. If anybody want to get in touch with you, please let them know how they can do that. Yeah. So my okay, my handle is Andy the RD. So A N D Y T H E R D, and R D just stands for Registered Dietitian. So that's mm-hmm. my website, andytherd.com. My Instagram is andytherd. That's all you have to know. I'm sure he's gonna drop that sort of, bo- <laughs> sort of texting. As yeah, well. I'm gonna figure out. Uh, no, but he might be doing that now. Yeah. He doesn't know it yet. Please, uh, <laughs> yeah, follow me on Instagram and check out my blog because, like, you know, like I said, I put a lot of work into all the stuff that I do. So, yeah, that's yeah. it. Also, did want to, I know I asked you to plug everything, but I wanted to talk to you. You're going to be speaking at Ryerson soon. So, I wanted yeah. to ask you about any new projects or any new engagements you'll be uh, doing very soon. Yeah, I mean, I would say the main thing to look out for for me is, uh, is to check out Amazon because I got books coming out this nice. year. And if anyone has a is in a, a company where they want a presentation on, on nutrition or, or healthy mm-hmm. eating or anything like that, I, I do corporate presentations. So yeah, reach out. Nice. But go check type my name on Amazon and look up for my new books and my old books. Or go to Indigo, maybe they're still there. Great. I mean, it's like one copy, one like <laughs> mercy copy somewhere. <laughs> great, yeah. great. Thanks, Andy, for coming through. Really appreciate it. Uh Harris. Yes, sir. How can people find you? You are the co-host is this a permanent thing? Please tell me this is a permanent thing. Just put it after today. It is. After yeah. today, I it, like we're, we're in a probationary period. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, this is a self probation. I want to yeah. say right. This is self induced. <laughs> self induced probation. Self administered. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Probably is the best uh, at h a r i harry underscore nadim n a d w e m or my YouTube channel, which is I don't, I don't know actually how you find a YouTube channel. I think it's just Harris what Nadim. Do you, you, what yeah. do you post about? What do you name them? I think it's just Harris Nadim. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Go go to the Instagram. You don't and know. You can what find you the YouTube channel from there. How don't you know how you search your own stuff? I'm new at this stuff, man. I'm bad at it. Yeah, but I, even yeah. when I post yeah. a podcast on YouTube, I know people should search Young Pros Talk. Yeah, because I was branding it. Anyways, it's not <laughs> important. Harris Nadim, you'll okay. find it. <laughs> All right, thanks. And as always, you can find us on. Um, I didn't lost my train of thought. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Young Pros Talk. Uh, please check us out on YouTube, Young Pro Talk as well. Uh, the podcast is on Spotify. It's on uh, Stitcher. It's on SoundCloud. It's on iHeartRadio now. It's on TuneIn Radio now. Wow. It's everywhere you can find a podcast. Please check it out. You want to get in touch with us, send us an email, youngprostalk at gmail.com. Young Pro Talk. Thanks for listening. Bye. Slots asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.